הרי מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדרכנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש עם השבא ארץ המה ובפחד לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן פגי מצמחה נענח נחמן נחמן נאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן ברוך השם today we start with תורה חבב 26 אבליקות אמור אנטיניאנה שייך לאלף בית חדש שיחות עוד דלת let's look at the ספר המידות the Sefer Hamidot Chadash, the newer part of Sefer Hamidot, the second volume, or the second part. Shichut in the topic of drunkenness, Odalid, the fourth bullet point over there, Rabbeinu is going to give us an awesome idea here. And he's going to bring that idea that is written in Sefer Hamidot and explain it, and expand and teach us what he means over there. Tzarech le'achik mishichut, a person needs to distance himself from from being from being uh, drunk, from drunkenness, and to be very precise and not drinking above your capability, meaning do not drink more than you can handle. In order that you should not come to being drunk, because a little bit of drinking of alcohol, just enough, meaning just to the point where it's necessary, is good to expand your dot, your consciousness, your mind. Rabbeinu was saying, when you drink a little bit, it's able to expand your mind and give you a greater consciousness. But the second you pass that point, it becomes very, very uh, dangerous, as we're going to see. Da'at, consciousness, knowledge of God, is enclosed or garbed within what we call the chasadim, the, the kindnesses of Hashem, the benevolences. It's all very Kabbalistic. It's brought down in uh, the Etzchayim, in uh, Etzchayim, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and therefore when a person drinks in a proper measure according to his ability then he expands his consciousness and he exalts his intellect and then all those benevolences you're able to grade in through the drinking that you're engaged in because when you drink just a little bit to expand your consciousness because that is garbed in chasadim. By default, when you expand your consciousness, you're expanding the chasadim. You're expanding these benevolences and God's loving kindness is even greater. Because when you elevate and you exalt your consciousness, we're able to exalt and to grade in the chasadim. Because we said above that that is garbed within chasadim. Within chesed, within loving kindness. This is what the Chachamim say in the Gemara Eruvin, page Samechei. Anyone who can be appeased by his wine possesses the da'at of his creator. Possesses the da'at of God. Look in the phrase over there in the Gemara. It says, One who can be appeased. He who can be appeased. What does that mean? Bechinat chasadim. Mitpate comes from the inyan of chasadim. It expresses or connotes the aspect of loving kindness. Because through wine, you're able to greaten these chasadim. If you take the word mitpate, because through the greatening and uh, expanding loving kindness of God, you're able to be mitpate. You're able to be appeased and pacified. Or mitpayes. Meaning that whenever you grade in the loving kindness of God, you can be forgiven and appeased and Hashem won't hold grudges and etc. etc.
You're able to attain forgiveness from God. Even though a person would not be um, fitting to be appeased um, just through ordinary chasadim. And can possibly become and can possibly become rage. But through the expanding of these chasadim, once you expand your consciousness, which is done through that wine, now you're able to be appeased. So we see that when you drink just enough amount, just the uh, right amount of wine to expand your consciousness, you're able to attain this appeasement from God. Which, if you didn't attain that expanding of consciousness, it would not be possible. And in fact, God could have become uh, angry. But one who drinks more than enough, more than he needs to, and uh, he becomes drunk. Then on the contrary, then we actually strengthen the power of the severities, which is the left side, which is where all the judgments stem from. And you create anger and rage in the world. And sometimes you're able to bring in the strength of the severities of the evil side. This can lead to evil things, God forbid. So that's what happens when you drink too much. You strengthen Gvura rather than Chesed. And know that through drunkenness, one forgets all the mitzvot, all the prohibitions which Moshe Rabbeinu put upon us. Upon him be peace. Because Moshe is enclosed and garbed within each and every Jewish soul. Within each and every limb of every Jew. And Moshe Rabbeinu reminds each and every limb of every single Jew that he should do the midvah that is applicable to that limb. For example, uh, the hands, Moshe is reminding the hands to do netilat sedaim, etc., etc. The eyes not to stray from, uh, uh, he's reminding your eyes not to stray uh, and to look astray. Because we know the 248 positive commandments correspond to the 248 limbs in the, in the human body. So Moshe Rabbeinu, who is enclosed within each and every Jew, within each and every limb, he's reminding each and every limb of each and every person to serve God using that limb and to fulfill the mitzvot, the commandments. And therefore, Moshe Mechokek, this is why Moshe was called Mechokek, the lawgiver, that is brought down in Dvarim chapter 33. And Mechokek is spelled Mem Chet Kuf Kuf. Kuf Kuf is 200, Chet is 8, and Mem is four, uh, 40. That's 248, which is the numerical value of the 248 limbs, which is in the human body corresponding to the 248 mitvot. Because those 248 limbs are reminding us of the 248 commandments. Positive commandments, as we said above. But through drunkenness, we forget these commandments. And we forget Moshe Rabbeinu's reminding to us. Perhaps he will drink. And forget what was ordained. Meaning he'll forget the Mechokek, he'll forget the lawgiver. He's going to forget that Moshe Rabbeinu is telling him to serve Hashem with each and every one of his limbs. That through the drinking and the drunkenness, he forgets the 248 positive commandments of Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe, who's enclosed within each and every limb, this in itself 
is what we were talking about earlier in Etzchayim, whenever Dat is enclosed within the Chasadim, within the benevolences, within the loving kindnesses of Hashem. Ki Moshe Adat, because Moshe symbolizes Dat. Ve'averim hem remach. And the limbs are 248. Bechinat Avraham Isha Chesed. Why is 248? What is 248? It symbolizes, it represents Avraham Avinu. Avraham our forefather. Why? Because Avraham has a numerical value of 248. <laughs> and it's awesome. telling us. Because Ramach Evarim, the 248 limbs, which has Moshe encompassed within it. The 240 limbs symbolize Avraham Avinu, Avraham Ishaches, and we know Avraham was the man of loving kindness. Avraham represented the trait of uh, kindness. Avraham, he is the numerical value of the 248, which is the 248 limbs. So this is what it's saying that that, that Moshe's, that that is enclosed in Chasadim because Moshe, who represents that, is enclosed within the limbs. He is reminding each and every limb. And what is uh, to, he's reminding each and every limb to serve God. And what does each limb represent? Abraham. Because Remach, the 248 uh, limbs, has the same remarkable value as uh, Abraham. Torah Chavzayin. Mishehu Parnascha Chodesh, or Manhig, one who's a community official, or a leader, Shekorin Rogirer, which they called in Yiddish, this, uh, this, this word, Rogirer, and he governs in a proper way and with uprightness, in an upright manner. And he makes sure that the burden he puts on each and every person is appropriate. According to how he assesses each and every person fairly, to put heavy on one person and to make it lighter on another according to each and every person. Through this, this person, this community official, this leader, nullifies the four evil uh, traits. What are they? What are the four evil traits? Idol worship, immoral relations, murder, and which represents gossip and uh, speaking badly. They are so, and now Rabbanu is going to explain the secret of this. The secret for this, why this community official who engages in a proper manner, who, who gives each, every person the, the task that is appropriate to him, um, is able to subdue these four evil um, acts, uh, is for this reason. Rabbanu is saying the secret for this is the neder, the vow which a person makes, a, when a person makes a vow, he needs to accomplish it immediately. You need to fulfill that vow immediately. And it's brought down in the Midrash, um, that one who, who gives a neder, who makes a vow, but does not accomplish it immediately, he causes these four evil traits to, um, to be brought down, to actually, to expand. Meaning he causes the, uh, the manifestation of these four evil traits. As brought down the Midrash, she lamad Yaakov that we learned this from Yaakov. She bishvi she echer nidro she echer nidro badi de arba hanan that because he delayed uh, his neder his vow he came to these four evil traits. Abu Zara, how do you know this with regard to idol worship? She neimar that says hasiru et elokei anachar get rid of your alien gods. This is said about uh, Yaakov. That when Yaakov was leaving Lavan, Lavan came to Yaakov and started complaining, saying that uh, someone stole his idols. So Yaakov was tasked 
and was uh, presented with a, with a problem of idols. Why? Because Yaakov fell into this idea because he delayed his nether. Now let's see how Yaakov fell into the problem of Gilu Erayot. Because he delayed his nether, because he delayed his vow from paying his vow or from accomplishing that vow. Gilu Erayot, in more relation with the Dina, Dina went out into the city and uh, ended up, unfortunately, getting uh, raped by Shechem. So we see that his own daughter was affected by Gilu Arayot um, because he delayed his neder. Uh, sorry, and I skipped. Um, spilling of blood, killing, murder. We see that Shimon and Levi killed all the people of Shechem, the twenty-four thousand residents of Shechem, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we see that Yaakov had his ch- children, Shimon and Levi, um, fall into this idea of murder. With regard to gossip, and he heard the sons of Lavan. As brought down in Bereshit chapter 31, verse 1, over there. So we see Yaakov fell into these four aspects of these four evil traits. Lashon uh, which is gossip, murder, uh, immoral relations, and idol worship. And it is brought down. Over there in the Midrash, if I'm not mistaken, that because Moshe saw the affliction, the afflictions of the Jewish people, because Moshe Ketubah is brought down by Yahweh Sivotam, he saw in their afflictions, meaning the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu paid attention to the fact they were suffering, he, he had empathy, that the Egyptians were putting heavy burdens and tasks upon the Jewish people, they put the work of a man upon a woman, meaning the, the, let's say the hard labor of a man having to lift heavy objects, they made a woman do that stuff, it was very cruel what the Egyptians did, and the same is true of the opposite, and Moshe was paying attention to this, he saw all this happening, and he, he transformed the matter, what did Moshe do? He put the, the work of each and every person according to that which he needed, he put the work of a man that was fitting for a man. And between people themselves, he used to look at each and every person and determine what was a fitting task for him. God said to Moshe, that through this, the fact that Moshe was empathetic with about this idea, he had empathy. He, he had, that Moshe Rabbeinu has the merit to annul a vow. Between a man and his wife. Uh, between a man and his wife, as brother in Bamidbar, chapter 30, verse 17 over there. Ben Ish Leishto. Nimtza we find, Shalideh Shemistatin. Le'arich kol echad karui, that we find that the result of all of this is that when a person assesses and he looks and pays attention to each and every person accordingly. Through this he merits to a no vows and he merits to be saved from the four evil traits as we said above like we mentioned and understand this very well. So we see that fulfilling the nether immediately protects us from these four things and Hamashah Rabbeinu who is this tzaddik who, who paid attention to each and every Jew and the f- the fragility of each and every soul and uh, each and every person and what was fitting for what he should do or not, that Moshe Rabbeinu merited, merited to a no vows which uh, subdues the strength of these four evil traits. There are differences between Torah lessons. Because there is Torah, there are teachings that were not 
given to ever be expounded. And there was some there was Torah that was given to be uh, expounded, but not to be written, to be taught orally, but not written. And there are some Torah teachings that were meant to be written, that were given to be written. As we say in the Gemara Gitin, page 60b, those things which were taught orally are not forbidden. To, are, are forbidden. You have no permission to transmit them um, in a written manner, to write them. And therefore, one who knows how to distinguish and discern between Torah, uh, between teachings, those which were given permission to be written, and those which were not given permission to be written, a person who has this ability to discern between these teachings and know what's written, what shouldn't be written, what should be orally expound, uh, orally taught, etc., etc. This person is capable of recognizing a Jewish person among Gentiles. He's able to see a pack of Jews, uh, a pack of uh, random people and see who's a Jew inside. And even if one Jew stands between many, many nations, he's able to notice him. And this secret is hinted in the verse in Hosea, chapter 8. Many of my Torah teachings have been written for him. And they've been regarded like something uh, alien, like something strange. What did that mean? Meaning, when one writes many of my Torah teachings, as brought down the verse that that phrase, when one writes many of my Torah teachings, meaning many more than is fitting, he writes that which he shouldn't write. Meaning, he writes that which was not given permission to be written. Then he's considered like a, a stranger, like an alien. Meaning that he's not able to recognize and discern of the Jew. And he, that Jew is considered to him like a like another guy, like a stranger, like a like a Gentile. Why? Because he can't recognize him. That it, he thinks the Jew is like a a guy, a Gentile, like a non-Jew, and it's and the same is true of the opposite way. That you can think about the non-Jew that he's a Jew. Because the essential difference now, now Rabbi is explaining why. The essential difference between the Jewish people and the other nations is in the aspect of that which was not given permission to be written. The thing that essentially separates the Jewish people from the Goyim is the Torah, the oral Torah, as it's brought down in the Midrash Rabbah Parashat Kitisa. In the, also in the Tosfot in Gemara Gitin, and look in the Yerushalmi in the Gemara Peya, uh, Yerushalmi Peya Perek Bet. Sorry, over there, it mentions this. That for this reason we were given the Torah the Oral Torah. Because Hashem foresaw that the Jewish people would be in exile, and the other nations would reproduce for themselves the written Torah. And we saw the written Torah was written in 70 languages, etc., etc. Everyone um, follows the written Torah, the five books of Moshe. And this is why we were given the oral Torah. Uh, this is why we were given the oral Torah. Because this cannot be reproduced. Because of the fact that it is oral. 
נמצא we find שעיקר ההבדל והיתרון של ישראל על אומות ובבחינת תורה שבעל פה. We see that the essential difference and advantage of the Jewish people over the nations is within the aspect of the Torah שבעל פה, the oral Torah. Because that's what separates us. שלא ניתן לכתוב because it was not given permission to be written. ויש בכל אחד ואחד מישראל חלק מבחינת תורה שבעל פה שלא ניתן לכתוב. And each and every Jew of the Jewish people, each and every Jewish soul, has, um, or each and every soul has a portion within the Torah שבעל פה. Within the oral Torah, which was not given permission to be written. And therefore, one who can discern and differentiate between the teachings which were given permission to, uh, to be written and those which weren't. He's able to recognize between a Jew. Uh, he's able to, to point out a Jew within all the nations. Because this is the essential difference. So if you recognize the Torah, you're recognizing the portion of which that Jew holds in the Torah Shabbat Peh. So the second you see the Jew, you recognize that he holds a portion in the Torah Shabbat Peh. Because that is what separates the Jewish people from the other nations. And when you see that Torah Shabbat Peh, which is flashing in front of you, then you know it's a Jew. But only a person who knows the differences between Torah can uh, engage in this work and who can do such a thing. כשאירע השאלה, תורה חפטת, תורה תוניניין. כשאירע השאלה בבית האדם על ידי תערובות איסור והתר, when a halacha question arises, Regarding a permitted substance that has been mixed in with a forbidden substance, what we call tarovet, mixtures, meaning whenever something, let's say, for example, a milk drops in a, a pot of meat or something like that, whenever you're cooking in your house, and you have a question, what do you do? And the permitted substance is insufficient. There's not a big amount enough to offset the, the prohibited. With this, God is showing this person, that he had blemished with regard to the unifications, the supernal unifications, the unification between the upper, the upper lights, uh, between God, the divine presence, etc., etc., whatever is happening up there with regard to the different patsufim and the, the attributes of God. That there's been a blemish in the unifications by this person. Because all unifications and zivugim and um, unions are the aspect of nullifying prohibition. Bituli isu to nullify that which is prohibited. How do we know this? This is what it's brought down. As it's brought down uh, in the birkat of Irusin, whenever we make the blessing under the chupah, that God prohibited us betrothed women. And He permitted to us women who are married. To us, meaning he permitted those women who are married to us. He prohibited, he prohibited us to us these betrothed women. But once they're married, they're permitted. Nimza, we find that from a prohibition it became permitted, meaning that woman which was once betrothed then became permitted to the person. Meaning the isu, the prohibition, became per- permitted. Because at the beginning the woman was forbidden to this man, but as he asura. And then once she was forbidden, but afterwards she became permitted in marriage. Therefore, also with regard to the, the, the unions that occurred down below in this world, it is said in Tehilim, God gathered the solitary into a home. What does it mean, the solitary, those, the, the single? Meaning unions. Two matches, a match between two souls. Like we say in the Gemara Sotah, page two, 
This verse is referring to zivugim, you know, um, marital relations and union. As I then, what happened? What does it say at the end of the verse? He sets free those those bound at suitable times. He removes those who are imprisoned by kosharot. Um, at suitable times. Meaning that he creates that which is uh, asul, that which is forbidden. Kasher, he makes that he makes that which is forbidden permitted and allowed. Which is the idea of nullifying prohibition. To nullify that which is prohibited and make it permitted. And therefore, when Isur is not eliminated, therefore it happens in your house, for example, that you have a problem with mixtures, that you have something that, uh, that drops in, for example, like the example we gave, a drop of, uh, that you put too much milk, God forbid, in the pot of meat. By accident, it spilled in. That God is showing you that you made a, a blemish in the Yehudim. Why? Because the Yehudim is the idea of making that which was once forbidden permitted. But because you don't have sufficient um, permitted uh, quantity to subdue the the prohibited one, that's showing that it's forbidden to you. You haven't you haven't attained that yichud yet, the zivug. It's it's blemished. And the questionable object is uh, prescribed. This is a sign that he blemished within the supernal unification. Because yichud comes from the nullification of prohibition, as we said above. Torah Lamed, last Torah for today. When a new book comes and rises into the world, as we saw in lesson uh, 262 of Likut HaMoran, that, um, that there are novelties, Torah novelties that are created through tears. Then those tears which created those novelties, that from those tears that new book was created those tears stand withstand those uh, the decrees of the of the nations and the government and they nullify them and the matter is explained because all the strength of the other nations comes from the tears of Esav look in the Zohar Parashat Shemot, if I'm not mistaken. Yud Betamun Aleph. Over there. That uh, the tears of Esav gives strength to the other nations. Therefore, um, whenever a person has these tears which create Torah novelties, they stand opposite the tears of Esav and they nullify the tears of Esav which give strength to the other nations, meaning they nullify the decrees of the other nations. If you take the letters of the word which means crying, it's an acronym. It spells out, it's an acronym for the phrase, the Jewish people are like the sand of the sea. As brought down in Hosea chapter 2. Just like the sand of the sea protects the waves of the sea so that they should not flood the world. So too, the Jewish people, um, the, the tears of the Jewish people, the crying of the Jewish people protects them um, against from uh, protects them from the, the decrees of the other nations.
And it was that the number of the Jewish people would be like the sand of the sea. Mispar, what do they mean the number? It's a play on the words from the word misefer. Mispar comes from the word misefer from the book. If you play around with the um, the pronunciation, misham ben Israel kecholayam. It's from there that the Jewish people are like the sand of the sea. Hanu bechayod maot shelachidushin shebasefer. Meaning, what does it mean like the sand of the sea? Meaning the tears and the crying, which create that novelty, which creates which creates uh, those novelties of this book, which protects them um, whenever they are uh, attacked by evil decrees. So we see that this verse, that verse is hinting to us this exact uh, that the tears of the Jewish people, which create this book, which comes from the word, this is what protects us from the tears of Esau, from the decrees of the Jewish people, from the decrees of the non-Jews, um, because just as the the sea um, cannot flood the world because of the sand, so too the Jewish people's uh, tears protect uh, protect the world from the decrees of the other nations. As we see, that is brought down this idea in the Zohar Pekudeh and in Midrash and Tehidim, um over there. It explains this idea. So, Bezrat uh, Hashem, may we cry more tears True, genuine tears. Because Rabban was saying these tears must not be fake. As he says many times, we cannot fake tears. It has to be honest and genuine and sincere. And when we cry those tears, um, from that place, and we create those chidushim, um, we're able to annul those decrees of the other nations. May we have the merit to do so and apply all the other words that we studied today um, in all these awesome lessons.